The QPR podcast is sponsored by XL Environmental, a pest control company based in Northolt and the Southeast. They provide for all your pest control needs, along with bird control, hazardous waste removal and ground maintenance. And they're Rangers fans, so if you call them on 0845 11 11, mention our podcast for a 10% discount. QPR, QPR, Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser. I have three other QPR fans around the table with me this evening. We have Paul Finney from Independent Oz. We have Clive Whittingham from Loft for Words. Good evening. And we have Chris Charles from BT Sports. Hello, how are you? Hello, yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, Loads to talk about. Good interview later. We're interviewing... um, Keep tu- stay tuned, as they say. Is yeah. that what they say in professional broadcasting? Stay tuned because we're speaking with Darren Peacock a bit later. Uh, before that, though, you just mentioned yourself with a professional broadcaster. I said, on. "Is that what they say?" <laughs> and then I said, "Be tuned, stay tuned." No. Nice haircut, Paul. Paul's sporting a good haircut this evening. No, I'm not as bald as I could. Uh, and a good chunky knit again. You look yeah. different as well. Have you had a shave? I have had a shave. Uh, People say I look, look a, a younger. bit younger. That's what everybody says. Yeah. Have you had a wash? <laughs> what? <laughs> Have I had a what? Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, it all fell apart <laughs> after a minute. <laughs> had a wash. <laughs> what? Send you a question. Um, right. If you follow, if you're on Twitter and you don't already follow us on Twitter, you can do so at QPR Pod. Find us on Facebook. Um, uh, it's still called the new QPR podcast, but we should change that, really, because we've been in this guise. I think it's a year next week, actually. Um, but that's, that's another discussion for another time. And if you want to listen to all old episodes, um, you can do so on our website, uh, which is www.qprpod.co.uk. Right. We won on Saturday. Oh, we, we got won. Clive on the show. We got Clive on First the show. First time ever. Is it? First time ever no. after a win, yeah. Is that why you look no. so nervous? Yeah. Yeah. You look like I don't really know what to say. Like, <laughs> well, let's come to you first, then. Yeah. What, usually, how are you feeling today? I, I usually come in in a cloak and a scythe thing, don't I? We've usually lost or yeah. sacked a manager or something. Yeah, that's what that's. Actually, that'd be the improvement of your dress sense, to be fair. Get <laughs> fair, fair point. Said Paul Finney. Jesus. <laughs> don't take any, don't take any comments <laughs> about dress sense from Paul Finney. No, no, I wasn't I wasn't going to start. No, yeah, it was, it was good, wasn't it? I thought it was our most complete performance of the season, probably. And we, did, we should have won should have won by a lot more, you know, poor, poor finishing let us down a bit there. But yeah, we look really, really strong. From from what we can gather, House of Mike obviously wasn't happy with the, the levels of fitness of the team when he arrived and as, you know, from what, what you hear on the grapevine and he basically spent the FA Cup third round weekend, which we obviously sacked off, and the subsequent FA Cup fourth mm. round weekend, which we had free. Basically, those fortnights were done as mini pre-seasons to try and get the players up to right? some sort of level. You know, teething problems in the meantime is that meant that they were frequently knackered late in games, which we saw at Ipswich away and Blackburn away and things like that, where they obviously tired. But uh, yeah, I think you're starting to see the results of that because we looked a lot sort of fresher, quicker, fitter, playing higher up the pitch on Saturday. Um, you know, the only problem was we scored too early because, you know, there's still seven... <laughs> it was 88 minutes still gives you... It still gives you two and two and five to play and that was enough to make Ipswich look like... Go from the worst team in the Championship to the, the best team you've ever seen in your life. So, yeah, try and score a bit later next time. But overall, I thought it was terrific on Saturday, really. Yeah, Chris. I mean, well, didn't it make a change to get a, a late winner rather than letting a late yeah. equaliser? Or you know, I mean, it was. I concur with everything Clive said as well. I mean, the, the, I mean, it must benefit them as well being 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 fitter and being able to, to last the pace. Um, obviously, Ali got a knock, which hopefully isn't uh, too bad. I mean, there's, I think all over the pitch are really good. Smithies, you know, you actually when he, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I like Green and Green made some important saves that kept us in games. We shouldn't forget that. Hmm. But I do feel more comfortable with Smithies in the sticks and I th- between the sticks. I think probably the defence do too. Mm-hmm. Hoylett, Hoylett's probably our most improved player. And I thought as soon as the January window was shut, then 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 he'd go back in his shell. But he was, you know, what what because we did our little um, away day up to Forest, and and what struck me there was that we were almost trying to 
pass the ball a la Arsenal style into the net. Whereas this time, we were letting go with a few long ranges. Hoyle was sort of, you know, it was, his radar wasn't on, but at least we were sort of, you know, making them work. Um, and the energy levels were superb. It's, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I can't single out one particular player. I thought they were all had a really good game. Even Perch looked good. <laughs> Paul? Um, I'm, I'm happy. Um, there's, there's nothing to complain about. We, we, we played well. I think Hall is just getting better and better. Uh-huh. I think at the end of the season, if we have him for next season, I'll be amazed because he must be on people's radars now. But well, they quickly got in with a contract extension there, which is very good of the club. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll call that the um, Austin ruling. Yeah, um, the um, and, and he, 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 him, him and Ned are just looking so good together. And perhaps it's given the other the fullbacks a wee bit of confidence to actually just try and concentrate and chase some people um, because. Everyone, the only thing that was disappointing was how Ipswich seemed to target um, Ali's knee a little bit, which I thought was... I thought they did that. Really deliberately outrageous. early, two like, properly nasty yeah. challenge and, and deliberate. Hasselbank says that falling makes us tick, which even after three ACLs he kind of does, but I thought that that was a deliberate sort of targeting of him. I don't think he went off injured, though. Chris, I know he, he picked something. I don't think he went he limped, off. No, he was, he was, I looked at the clock. He was limping for about eighteen minutes, and he yeah. was he was he was struggling a bit. And he he ran it off, and then towards the end of the half, he looked fine. But there was, when he went off, no, there was no obvious sign. He, but I think I think they'd obviously had a word at halftime. So I see you get, what they take him off about an hour. Wasn't yeah, it? about um, an hour. Yeah. One, so, of the, one of the problems with Hasselbank I've found so far is he makes his substitutions quite late. Yeah. Whereas on Saturday mm. we seemed a lot more proactive with that, which helped. But the yeah. thing, the thing is, what I felt as well. He, he is definitely working a lot better in midfield because everyone seems to have found a new lease of life. I mean, even Matty Phillips, I know he scored and everything else, but even before that, he started to come into the game a lot more. Hoyland's done a lot, a lot better. The two new lads, I think, will do well. Yeah. Already, it's, it, yeah, Are no, you, you talking about Washington and NASA? Yeah. Can't, can't pronounce this. The Kiyate so. kid. El Kiyate, yeah, I'm okay. Not, I'm not even going to try. Okay. But um, the, the good thing is that the, the, the players are on the way up. It's exactly the system we should be using. That we mm. should, it's, it's being implemented. We've talked about it so long. But that, that kid will, will play a big role for QPR. Mm. Maybe not this season, but next season. Which one? Sorry. Sorry, the, the, guy from, the kid from Burton. Yeah. There's a touch yeah. of the Paolo one-chops about him, I think, in that if he doesn't know what he's going to do next, how can a defender read what he's going to do <laughs> next? Yeah, but he's got tricky feet. To, to, be, yeah. to be fair to him, though, to, to make your debut, make that step up, which is a, still a big step, you know, and just to look at the, the, them in the eyes and just go straight apart, you know, that takes. I thought it, it looked great, but yeah. did you did you think it was a cross or a shot? Yeah, I was just Absolutely. about to ask that. I, I thought it was a cross uh, in real time when I was there, and then when you watch the replay, it's clearly a shot. I thought it was it's, a shot at the time. I it's thought it was a shot, a shot at the time. Yeah. It's, it's definitely it's, a shot. It's what you want it to be. Yeah, it was I mean, the best cross ever. It's what you make I'm of sort it. of right <laughs> behind the goal, and so you know, maybe yeah, we got a good view. But I mean, it, just the way he just like slung it from his left to his right, whether it was a cross or a shot. Uh, his right to his left, whatever it was. I mean, it was it, it, it was just he bamboozled them. He was only on a few minutes, and his very first. He's on touch, ten minutes. Yeah. and there's so much to talk about been, about this guy. We've been crying out for this since. Dare I say, elephant in the room, Adel Tarab's gone. Someone who's going to get a few bums mm. off seats, make people stand up, and sort of get into it. That's another thing. The crowd, I thought, was the best crowd of the season in terms of atmosphere, and I think that was helped by the really? fact that Ipswich had both tiers, because I, I think because the Ipswich with, with Ipswich singing. Yeah, I think almost it's it's spurred on the Rangers fans to sort of have a go back. You well, you, you 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 don't agree, Paul? Southwark Road must be a lot quieter than what everyone yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, I'm near. There, there, wasn't, there wasn't much after the goal. Yeah, there was, but um, you you sit near me, Clive. It's been, it was better than it. It, it was better than been, the last not, few games. You know, it's been really poor in the past few games. But in the away ends at the last few away Good games, point. the the uh, the sort of atmosphere and overall mood has been a lot calmer and sort of more positive than it was before Christmas. I think we should just write sort of October, November and December off as our mad half hour for the season, <laughs> you know, when we suddenly decided we were going to get promoted after all. It just seemed to create a, a really odd atmosphere around the place. And now we've gone back to the original plan A from the summer. It seems to be benefiting. Well, I think there's almost like a, a relief, really, yeah. certainly on my part. I mean, even, even after winning on Saturday, we still stayed 13th, I think. And it's like, basically, I'm going to jinx it, but I, we, we're not going to go down now. I think it's, we, we, there's too much of a gap there unless we go on a horrendous run. We're not going to go up unless by some minor miracle. And mm. I'm, as I said the last time I was on, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. And I think everyone's almost relieved. It's like, right, let's get on with it, try a few things out, like you say, get the fitness up and, and become a team where you buy players to fit into your system where, rather than just buy random players and then just try and you know, squeeze all the big names onto the pitch at once. The only thing the club needs to do, in my opinion... 
you probably all disagree with me because I talk a little bit about CAC. But there needs to be, for the new season ticket scheme, there needs to be a buzz brought back in to get people to renew because everyone I'm talking to is not renewing because it's too early and because of the 30% increase it will be if you miss out and you lose your seat. So hopefully the, the club will rethink that and, and, and extend it because I, I, at the moment I can't see it working. This, this, um, just to finish on the team before we go on to the season ticket, I, it just feels like an extended pre-season for next season at the moment. And yeah. a, lot of the t- a lot of the teams that have gone on to win the championship recently, including us under Warnock and Bournemouth and Watford and teams like this, actually did the same thing. They had a sort of mediocre mid-table season the season before, which gave them three or four months at the end of the previous season to do a bit of experimenting and mm. work out exactly what they needed for the summer, get the transfer business done early, hit the ground running in August, and off they went. That's what happened with, with Warnock when he was here. The season ticket thing is odd. Um, not you know the timing I think is much better than it was because previously you got your prices in May mm. you had one payday at the end of May and you had to have bought by the end of June otherwise you lost your seat so no, at least this way three, they've yeah. given you sort of five months and five paydays where it sort of falls down is this idea that if you don't buy by the 31st of March it goes up by at least 30% ridiculous and it's already expensive for championship oh. so that bit needs retail I don't have a problem with the date and renewing early because it always used to be like that at QPR yeah but the thing is I'm thinking is we need to build the support there's a lot of empty seats on Saturday it in does. The lower, on the lower loft and, yeah. and I think the club could extend it to try and get the feel yeah. good factor back and get more people back into the ground because once people walk away and break the habit they don't come back exactly and I'm all for rewarding the loyalty you know show your commitment for next season mm. well to, it, to put it up by th- if, if they're actually going to put it up by 30% for what is already an expensive championship season that you're basically going to say that if you haven't renewed, if you haven't bought a season ticket by the 31st of March, you're not going to buy one at all. That seems like an odd... It's going to be very expensive. Seems like an odd way to well, go about Well, if we are it. going to go... I agree with Chris. I don't think we're going to go up or go down. But let's say we go on a little run where it's sort of... You're, you're sort of thinking, mm, we could make it. It's actually probably in the club's interest to extend that window. Because if you're going into April and maybe we could make the playoffs, that's probably going to hook more people in to mm. renew for next season. So you've got, you got the away games that are still being played. You've got the European Championship. With people. I mean, yeah. I just think it'd be an idea if the club just rethink it. It's sometimes not a bad thing to say. The whole, when we were going for the Premiership, it probably seemed like a good idea. Of course it did, because you're going to get Premiership football at Championship prices, or like be an expensive Championship during prices. During the mad half hour. Yeah. Um, but sometimes <laughs> it's best to hold your hands up and say, we need to rethink this, we need to do it properly properly and get as many people into that ground as possible because next season is going to be huge for us um does anyone know is is there uh, like a, a finance option with this because i think that would help if you the, had a, like a well obviously a zero percent finance maybe that's asking but people still much, paying but off the old ones i don't know because i didn't do it I just, I, I there, there has been a finance option there is the a, last few years from what i gather there is a finance option and it starts next season so you don't end up paying like for this season and next seasons at the oh, same so time so if you go with finance mm. you're better mm. off than paying cash uh, no, I think, it, I think it costs you more. I don't think it's 0%. Oh, okay. um, I, two more things I want to ask you before we go to the interview, just to wrap up Saturday. Washington and Smithies. Um, first proper look at Washington. I mean, really, after sort of 10-minute cameos off the bench here and there. Quite like the look of him. The thing that strikes me immediately is don't judge him as the, you know... It, the insert copy and paste option for Charlie Austin T- different type of player much actually offers much more of the stuff that Charlie Austin didn't you know around holding the ball up and getting the ball in and setting stuff up I, I, I quite like him but I think it will be a mistake he doesn't appear to be a every time he gets the ball at the back at his feet it's going to end up in the back of the net type striker that Charlie Austin was I think he was not one of a kind but a very very sort of rare player that we haven't seen for a long time but I liked I, li- I really liked the look of him on Saturday he, he reminded me a lot of a lot of Mackie and his work rate and outside yes. of it but actually looks a better player than Mackie um, the weird situation we've got at the minute is that Poulter and Washington seem to be two strikers that enjoy spending a lot of time outside the penalty area working hard for the team rather than getting their nose yeah. under the crossbar 
Uh, like Someone con- said to me John Spencer on Saturday. Someone said they reminded no, me. No, John Spencer no, scored. No, no, no. John Spencer scored for absolute I have to fun. Confess, I, I, it was so long ago. I remember him and his impact. But I no, can't I remember. I mean, Konchesky put a little like. crossing in the second half on Saturday that John Spencer would have eaten for breakfast, and there was absolutely nobody there to tap John it Spencer in. John Spencer was lethal. So the, the one thing Washington at the moment is noticeable that he stepped up a division is he uh, when he gets in a shooting position, he comes back inside to widen the angle. And I saw, like, if you look at some of his goals that he scored for Peterborough, particularly one at Scunthorpe this year, in League One, you come in, you widen the angle, and the defender's like five yards off you, so you can just curl it in that far corner. In the Championship, mm. I've seen him do it two or three times now, and he gets hit. Close so down, he yeah. just needs to get up to that sort of nice stuff. Nice analysis, Clive. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we will well. watch his I Peterborough goal against Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe, yeah. 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 Well, well, that's because you're from Scunthorpe, week. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You've been watching Michael. He looks a really good player. I, do, I, yeah, I, think I like him, and he's exactly the sort of player. We and Smithies, uh, excellent. Yeah, well, I, I, what astounded me was that he was I, uh, he was six foot three. I had to look it up on Wikipedia. Oh, he doesn't look six foot. Three, he doesn't, does, does he? Because I, I, I just said to my little girl, I thought I, I thought he looked quite small for a. Keeper. Oh, but Wikipedia makes things up. Yeah, but there's probably. a guy at work who's from Reading, and he puts himself as the king of Reading on the Reading <laughs> Facebook page every other week. So you can't trust anything Wikipedia yeah. says. I, I, I think what what. <laughs> His distribution is so much better than Green's. It's yeah, not ridiculous. like, it's ridiculously yeah. better. And also, he seems a lot more... Particularly in that wind. He's, yeah. al- he's also very confident. He'll come for anything. I mean, whether mm. you know, he'll come short sometimes, I don't know. But at least he's going out there, getting it and giving it a go. And he, he's, he's yapping more at the players. He, mm. He's another one that wants to prove himself. I think the trouble with Robert and QPR is perhaps we went steel together. Don't know, but... He's absolutely... He's actually making me angry now that we had to put up with Green for the first half oh, of the season. Really? Yeah. Why on earth... Green Makes been, you angry, why, Green makes me angry anyway but why on earth when we've had a goalkeeper that good sitting on the bench have we been watching Green cost us points he can't kick his communications poor, and he couldn't kick or communicate or command his area before he got to QPR he had a couple of good seasons when he made saves but he could never kick well he that's could never yeah, kick. isn't it if, if, and we've had this goalkeeper sitting there well, Green's been costing us points. This has been his worst season by miles, and we've left Smithy sitting there. And the only reason he's in now is because of this contract situation with Green. It actually makes me cross because Smithy's is so good and was so good at Huddersfield, and he's obviously good. He's brilliant. Huddersfield fans. Well, the, sorry, go. No, it's all right. No, I was going to say. So, what, what are you, would you? Without being controversial, Clive, and get off the fence and what you're saying. Why do you think they did that then? Because of the profile of Green? Because of the wages? Because of what reason? Come back to what we said previously, cool. I think, about the October, November, December mad half hour where the, you know, the names have to play, it's a promotion season, etc., etc. You know, We should have stuck with the plan in the summer, which seems to be the plan we're now back on. Yeah. Um, and, for and, a week, at and, least. And I, yes. I, I, I mean, I think Saturday was as much about the players who weren't there as the players who were, in, in the sense that, yeah, Green wasn't there. We've obviously... Fur's gone, Sandro's gone, Charlie's a different kettle of fish you can't put that in, in the same ballpark no, no. but I, I think you had a team that a team aside playing as a team if you know what I mean there's no there's no mm. big stars there I know Phillips for some reason I mean I know Phillips but Phillips has been like that since he's been with us can look a bit lethargic and drifts in and out the game but I thought he was I thought he was on it on Saturday took some decent corners put some good crosses obviously a decent finish for the goal as well and he's another one that once the transfer window closed didn't get his move he could have sulked and just yeah well I think that's the thing as soon as the transfer window I mean I went went up to Blackburn and Phillips Phillips's defensive game that night he was actually just walking back for a lot of the (laughs) he was blatant and there was a challenge that went in on him at Rotherham just a run of the mill tackle I haven't seen anybody jump that high out of a tackle since Scott Sinclair was here on loan so it was blatantly he wanted to move in January and now he hasn't got it he's always been a bit inconsistent yeah. Uh, but he is, he's a good player but I mean what, the, what pleased me was that I mean yeah he clearly wanted to move it didn't come off but the, the toys didn't come out he did he was no. actually he, he was actually putting the effort in on you know of course he's getting a if he should do but you know what the modern players like if they don't want to play then then they don't just we've got to go to the interview now just to um, balance it up as far as Smithies is concerned and, and sort of all the all the compliments and plaudits he's been getting that incessant whacking his studs against the post it goes right <laughs> through me like um, like fingers down a blackboard. Do you know what I mean? Does no one else notice that? He has got a nervous tick about it. If it means that he can kick the ball three times as far as Robert Green, I'll take it. Where where do you sit? Are you right behind the goal? I'm up aloft. Every two minutes is... Okay, so you're you're, you're sort of directly above him. But apart from that, do you want to do a quickly? 
Do you think there's a touch of the Matthew Roses about Hoyler after three and a half very poor years here? Suddenly, as his contract's about to expire, <laughs> and he either needs it renewed here or needs a contract elsewhere, suddenly he's our best player. I think it's since his gloves came off. Literally, the <laughs> gloves are off with Hoyler. Mm. He doesn't wear them now, and since then he's been a new player. I think yeah. I think that's been a little harsh. I mean, maybe you're true. I mean, I know you're an old cynic, Clive, and um, you know nothing wrong with that because ninety nine percent of the time you're right. Cynic. Yeah, you're not even well, 30 yet, are you? <laughs> I am now, yeah. Let's, well, let's, to be let's, finished let's see. Let's um, see but anyway, I, I think as, as well as anything else, he's got a run of games. I mean, he was just he was in, he was out, he was in, he was out. And I know, okay, he was in, running into blind alleys and not doing an awful lot. But I think the, the run of games has benefited him. And, and yeah, he's, he was... It was Matty Rose uh, the other day and the fact that he was all over the place, you know. And I don't mean all over the place, all over, as in here, there and every flipping where. Mm. Uh, and I thought he, first half, I thought he was man of the match. If he put, uh, man of the half, if he'd, uh, if he, if he'd buried one or two of those chances, we could have won three or four nil. I, I think, think it's a remarkable turn. <laughs> you're, still, you're, still going, you're still going on the cynic side. I think, to be fair... He's also got players who want the ball played in the box and are screaming or on his case all the does, time. It does help, yeah. Right, we've gone on for so long, we have to go to our interview. Um, we have I wonder on, what we're going to say. We have on the phone for us, um, Darren Peacock. Darren, thank you for joining us. You, you are a name that is held in very high affection amongst a lot of QPR fans. What, what are you up to these days? Uh, well, myself, I've, um, I've most recently I've passed uh, my uh, B licence. A UHB licence, coaching licence, uh, but I'm involved in a, uh, a development centre in Lancaster, uh, North Langton District Development Centre. It's a sort of link we're trying to get between, you know, grassroots and um, the academies. Yeah, so yeah, we're, we're sort of underprivileged uh, kids within the area, girls and boys, uh, just trying to give them a chance. Really, just trying to give them a break. So yeah, trying to get. You know, funding sort of, you know, from the local businesses, uh, local people to give the young, as I say, young girls and boys a chance uh, within sport and especially football. And um, our last podcast guest um, last last uh, last week was Trevor Sinclair, who was your assistant at Lancaster City. Um, he talked yeah. to us about um, wanting to get into um, league coaching. Is that something you'd like to be doing? It is, yeah. Um, <laughs> the problem everybody's got who's trying to get in is obviously there's very limited places, David, yeah. So, um, you know, it doesn't matter what you've done as, as a player, you know. I was out of the game quite a long time, actually, yeah. Um, Trevor, I think we've both got a similar you know, objectives, targets to get back into professional football, you know. Uh, miss it quite a lot actually you know, so um, as I say I'm doing sort of local and sort of coaching under 18s under 20s uh, but that is the, the aim that is the target to get back into into professional football well good luck with that um, let's um, let's ask you a few questions about QPR which is okay. why we're here what um, tell us about what, what are your um kind of memories of that period back in the 90s almost a, a, a golden age at least in recent memory for QPR fans what are your memories of those years um, down at Loftus Road uh, yeah it was um, from my I came from the old fourth division and at the time QPR were in the, uh, the you know the, the, the top division will be at the first division now so that, that was for me personally as a, a massive sort of uh, difference in in the level of football, you know. Don Howe brought me in uh, alongside uh, Bobby Gord. Uh, fantastic coaching from Don, and and Bobby was like a motivator. Uh, the, the, the supporters, the, my sort of everlasting memory, really, is you know, at the time was the ground, the stadium, the, because it was so tight that the crowd were. You know, within touching distance, really, to the players, um, and just fantastic. You know, at home, it's a fantastic atmosphere because we were down there, weren't we? We had a, you know, we had we were in relegation battle, you know, more or less all the season, yeah. You know? um, and the, the players that are injured, people like Maka, 
Paul Parker, a, we had a couple of lads that had injured, long-term injuries. Uh, that's why myself and Andrew Tilson, Rufus Brabbit, got that chance. Uh, and really, that was that was the everlasting memory, really, of, of, of QPR. was, you know, a, a great, tight, you know, uh, as I say, touching distance from, from the supporters. And you can hear every, every comment thrown at you, good or bad. <laughs> um, and and it was yeah great times and then with Jerry you know the top London club as it was at, at that time you know um, budget was a fraction of, of your Spurs and you know Arsenal at that time you know so uh, a plus trying to play attractive you know fluid football which. From Jared's point of view, that was great. He wanted us to play football, but there again, on the on the flip side of it, he was he was uh, meticulous in sort of the defensive part of our game. And that, from my point of view, Jerry was was probably the best coach that I've played under. And and, and I think the season that um, most people talk about or talk about the most, I suppose, from that era that you played was. The 92-93, when we were top London club. And in many ways, uh, Les Ferdinand, who, who's, who's running the football side of the club now, it, it's almost like the club are trying to get back to and recreate those days. What made yeah, the club yeah. What made the club and the team so special? I think in those days, you know, the, the, the social side of football was, was a lot more um, <laughs> loose, shall we say. Yeah, you, we, we can... You could socialise a lot more. You know, we, we can go out. We had lots of meals together. I remember Jerry would, would pull us in on a, on a Tuesday. He would absolutely run us. You know, until we some lads were physically ill on a Tuesday, but then we'd go out to a local Italian uh, and have a few drinks and you know something to eat, and then have the Wednesday off. And that was really I felt that was really important to get you know the social side. Of, of the squad together, yeah, we are great with partners as well. Um, and as you say, Les and, and Ray, and, and the way we wanted to play football, we were encouraged to play football. Um, and you know, with Les, we can either put it to his feet or put it over the top. Which I've explained to people many, many times about how sort of how sort of well thought of uh, Les is in that respect. But it was, that wasn't the only sort of, you know, golden sort of player, so to speak. As we, are. we had lots of talented players at that at that point, um, attacking, attack-minded players as well, yeah, which Jerry sort of nurtured and sort of got the best out of the players, young players as well, and, and Jerry would bring lower league players into the squad and give them a chance. What you were one of those uh, those lower league players that that stepped up, Darren. It was it was Bobby Gould that seemed to get a lot of the credit for for signing you in the in the first place. How how did the signing come about? How did you sort of hear of QPR's interest? Were there, were there other clubs sniffing around? How did the whole move happen in the first place? Yeah, well, I've known Bobby for for years. I knew Bobby when I lived in Bristol. Yeah, when I was a schoolboy, um, and. Uh, there was a rumour that Bobby's at that point had his little black book of players that he thought would, you know, uh, progress, you know, from non-league, low leagues, you know, into the top league. So, um, as I say myself, uh, Andy Tilson and Rufus Brevet, you know, he, he thought was free in within, I think, it was a month of him being then. Sorry, him going to QPR, um, and that's. That's what you've done. I think that's a, what a lot of clubs need to look for now. And I, I think I've touched on it before. I was down at QPR last season against you know, Newcastle. That, that's what the way, really, I think QPR should go. Um, obviously, not 11 players from sort of non league or, or lower reaches of the football league. But, you know, at least, you know, give lads a, a chance of proving themselves and, and sort of progressing, and, and the coaching is the key. Um, and, and that's what Bobby, Bobby did with sort of Don's you know, expertise in, in coaching, and, and that's why I feel it was so successful. And you know, QPR at that point, you know, they were selling maybe one, two players a season, you know, to, to not to survive, but you know, to give the lads that did go on to sort of 
you know, so-called bigger clubs to give them a chance at, uh, at on a you know bigger stage. Do you think that I mean finishing fifth in the Premier League was it was an amazing achievement? What would it have yeah. needed? I mean, could that team, as it was, have gone on and done more? Maybe won a cup, or w- what would it have needed to have taken that next step? Because obviously, that's as that's as far as we ever went. Yeah, yeah. I think at that time it was, you know, as we the Premier League was it was, it was the sort of for the Premier League around that at that time. You know, more money was coming in from the Premier League. Yeah, four or five years later. Yeah, so it was. I think it needed you know, a bit of foresight. Maybe not selling players you know, for the, for the highest bid. Uh, trying to be uh, sort of progressive, you know, bringing players in and, and keeping a, a bigger squad, maybe, but uh, uh, you know, getting sort of competition for places, yeah. Um, and as I say, not selling those players on, but you know, it, a lot of the times it comes down to wages, doesn't it? And, and it's got absolutely mental now in the Premiership and and football in general. But I think it was needed. Was needed was um, consistency. Yeah, needed the players to stay. You know, the, the better players um, for a longer duration of time. Yeah, um, and then Gary wasn't around for so long, was he? But I think it's really important that the head of the ship, Barry Jerry, or whoever it is, you know, you know, uh, you know. Have some, you know, whoever's there, they need to be there in a longer duration, you know, three, four, five years to, to put the plans, you know, into, you know, whatever they, whatever it is, what, whoever they want to bring in, whoever, whatever players they want to get rid of, those managers, they need time to sort of turn things around. And that's, that's really what needed, even back then, David, even back then when Jerry was a manager. Um, Darren, this is Paul here. Um, I was I was actually at that derby match when you made your debut with, with the other two guys, and it, the week up to it, there was all this stuff, and uh, there was no players around. It was similar to as it is now, and out come these three gems. But um, it must have been was it was it were they, were they very welcoming to you when you came into the side in them days? Was QPR like a proper family? Would you have said um, because three of you came in at once? But it was <laughs> things have changed so much. They were like when. We would park around the corner, or we would park. Uh, I don't know what the situation now, but we would park on the streets, on, on you know, the flats or the houses, you know, and it'd be a five ten minute walk, and then we'd just walk into the ground and just have a chat with the supporters, yeah, just have a chat, sign a few autographs, you know. Um, at, at that point, I remember, you know, we would go to sort of uh, summer sort of open day at QPR um, and. Uh, end of the season, there would be so many uh, get-togethers with the supporters, you know, um, just, and we would all mingle together. And that, that's, whether that's the same situation now, I'm not so sure. But um, that's how football was back then, back in the early 90s. You know, it's most probably changed a lot now. You know, but, there's, you know, it was... It, even though we, we speak to the supporters, there, there's no sort of... Um, yeah. Everybody was... Well, um, and that's, that's the relationship between the supporters and the players was great, I thought. Now, now I, there was a special bond in that squad, because i got to say, because... I was over for the memorial match for Alan McDonald and yourself was was there as yeah. well, and um, it yeah. seemed to be that 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 that's I was I was the, the guy talking to you about teenage daughter problems at the bar. Yeah. You, you probably don't remember yeah. me. There's no reason why you should. And music. I, <laughs> I, I, I do. Yeah, had a few pints of Guinness. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, I, I thought you're drinking water and I was inside, but never mind. But the thing is that there, there was still. What I got from that evening, like, was there's was still enormous respect for Owen Wilkins, and you know, when he was in the room, everyone was just around Ryan. It was, it was so good. I was pleased in, in Macca's memory that everyone turned up, and it was an amazing night. Yeah. And, and seriously, you, you've done the lad proud by going there. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Well, Macca was uh, forever 
twisting people's tails, you know, and that that was he was great at sort of winding people up. But then again, he would sort of put his arm around them, like give them encouragement, uh, advice, you know, information. But that was that just goes to show um, when we did go uh, across to to his funeral, what people, you know, thought of them, you know, players. Yeah, past players, management, coaches, uh, and, and supporters, and um, yeah, it's a great shame that yeah, we've lost Macca, but um, yeah, it, it sort of legacy lives on. Hi, Darren, it's Chris here. Um, how you doing? All right. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yourselves? Yeah, very well, thanks. Um, just two questions. Uh, one, you're in the QPR side that uh, beat uh, Man United four one at Old Trafford. Is that the best game you've ever been involved with? I, I lost that question. Was, was it the Man United game? Yeah, sorry. I said, yeah, you're in the, the QPR side that won 4-1 at Old Trafford memorably. Is that the best game you've been involved in as a professional? Yeah, I, I think it was... Um, there's lots of factors there. It, I, <laughs> it was... I think it was... memory serves me right. It was about three or four of you know, our players. It was the first time we played there. Certainly, it was the first time I played there. I remember... In all the way, Dennis Bailey, you know, uh, you know, the first time we played actually at Old Trafford, um, they were top. We were more or less bottom, I think, or very, very close to it. And we were expected to get drugged. That's what. That's why we were on TV, I suppose. Um, and it could have been, you know, the pitch was shocking, you know, as as, as it was quite often. You know, back in those days, but it could have been more. You know, we, I think Dennis missed one and Roy missed another one, but it, it, it was a great game. Yeah, fantastic game, and it was just so good. To, you know, when we scored, you know, each time you could just it sort of split it in half. You you could more or less hear a pin drop, but from the United supporters, but. In the top sort of uh, sort of rounds of the stadium, you could hear the Rangers like you know going nuts. So it was just sort of really like a, a like a surreal sort of feeling. Really, as I say, it, it's silence, but just sort of far away up in the far echelons of the stand with all these you know QPR supporters, been absolutely mental. You know? but, yeah, it was, it was great. It was fantastic. Okay, and just before we go back to the to modern day, I mean, do you think um, obviously we're going back to our Roots, if you like, of being uh, uh, bringing on the young players again, uh, hopefully anyway. I mean, do you think there's any chance of us replicating the good old days back when you were playing, or do you think we're sort of resigned to be, you know, bombing along in the bottom of the half of the Premier League, top of the Championship? Well, I think that's really how, you know, a lot of people know my views of how I think it should be going. Um, Jim is getting players out what he feels now that he... Obviously, he wants to get his own players in, but I think it's vital that he's given time to do. You know, obviously, he's gone in with a plan. You know, he's, he's he's got a job in his first the first place because of, of what he said, what he's expressed that he wants to do, how he can take the club forward. Um, you know, not necessarily this season. You know, we've, had a, we've had a good run. Yeah, you know, five. I think it's five games, isn't it? With you know, unbeaten. Yeah. Um, and you know, just got on this. You know, even when he first came in, I think got a few of us thought, well, he's going to bring players from Burton, which would be great—not to you know, two, one, two players—but he would know players within that division that maybe could step up to uh, top of Championship, stroke um, uh, Premiership, you know, if given the chance. But I really think I really do feel that it's got to be a long-term project, you know, and, and not sort of top and change. Uh, he's a good young coach, isn't he? Yeah, and he must he, he would have some good ideas. And as I say, you know, given time and you know a, a good budget, you know, to you know progress the players that he's got, get the players out that he wants to get out, bring the players in that he wants to bring in. And then, sort of, as I say, reshuffle this pack. And I think it's really important that this season, uh, maybe not even next, next season, but he, he's got to build, he's got to get the, the right blend of players, the right squad that he wants, and then, you know, kick on to, you know, bigger and better things. Yeah, I think uh, most of us agree with that, mate. 
Uh, Darren, thank you very much for your time. Before we go, we cannot let an interview with you pass without asking about the barnet. H- how long's the hair these days? People will want to know. <laughs> He's still got it. Uh, I know, yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't let it go, man. It's, it's a lot, lot shorter than what it was. It's a lot greyer. Uh, but it's definitely a lot shorter. Um, yeah, maybe I will get a, like a number one. No, no you with the crew no, cut wouldn't not. seem right. Wouldn't seem right. <laughs> take, take, it, take it from a baldy bastard like me. Keep your hair the way it is, son. <laughs> Darren, thank you very much for your time. Uh, really good to hear from you. And um, yeah, hopefully come on, come on again because it's always good to hear from you. Cheers, Darren. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks a lot. Cheers, pal. Bye bye. Bye Okay, interesting what you said, Finney, about Ray Wilkins, because I've always thought that, um, I've always felt, I loved Ray Wilkins at the time, and I always felt that he's never properly got the um, credit that he deserves because of the Chelsea connection. Well, no, because he kind of got his really good at as my, Yeah, but I mean as a player, as a player. <laughs> Sorry, I meant as a player. Um, I think he meant as a player. No, I, I don't think so. I think he was one of the best, whatever age he was, from my opinion, Rangers is one of the best midfield players I've ever seen. The way he used to pass the ball, the way he used to control that midfield. I agree. But he, we've he never was... talked about him like that on this podcast. Maybe Potentially not. because of either what you're saying, the managerial thing, or the Chelsea connection. It is a weird one. It yeah. might, it, I, mean, I remember you, you were there as well, probably. The, the Forest, when we lost the, the final game of that season, yes, the 3 0 yeah, away yeah. to Forest. And it was, it was almost like it just everyone was taking the mickey and we, we, we lost, and the Forest fans came on the pitch to applaud us, and we thought they were going to attack us. And it was all surreal. His, his, his time as manager was a bit surreal, though. There were some strange things done. Mm. I mean, Signing Hately on crutches is probably the Hately. The Hately thing was a low point. You you are right. I think it's more the fact that he was a poor manager for us yeah. mm. that means that we don't remember him as fondly as we should, mm. rather than anything. But he's up to there. do with Chelsea. I actually thought at the time. I mean, far be it for me as a foreigner to say this. I think he should have got an England recall when he's playing for QPR. He was playing that. He was well. fantastic. Anyway, when you consider that Carlton Palmer got England caps around that time. I can't possibly <laughs> comment. Ours uh, end. Anything that we haven't talked about yet that you want to bring up? Who wants to go first? Clive? It's probably, it's probably longer than an ours end, which will, will disappoint you greatly. But um, the, the grief that Les Ferdinand is getting and continues to get, I find really bizarre. Um, I think you know there's obviously been some mistakes and they you know there's probably some ongoing mistakes as well and some of the players we've signed up you know aren't going to work but that's what happens the Steve Gallon thing is reflecting very badly on everybody and I suspect there's lots more to, to come out on that and it's a real shame but we said for ages there weren't enough QPR people at the club and uh, you know Ferdinand's there now Sinton's there MP Furlong these people are in there we said we didn't have enough scouts. I think we've gone from six to 30 scouts under Ferdinand. We said we should have someone with football experience at board level, and that's what Ferdinand is, and we've now got a chief executive with a track record as well, as opposed to someone who tops up his CV and goes to watch Chelsea. Um, you know, the sort of players we're signing, Washington, Luongo, people like that, is exactly the sort of people we've been clamouring to sign for ages. I has, just, has, sorry, <laughs> Clive. Yeah. Has somebody taken you over for the evening? What? And sort of, I'm just not used to hearing you speak like this. What? In a, in a positive. I, <laughs> have, you been up, have you been up for two pages of the programme? I've basically, for years and years, been saying that this is, you know, what I want to see at QPR. So I can't help but be positive about Third Now Now. But if you look at, particularly on social media, which isn't the best sort of place to be as a QPR fan now because it's yeah. a fairly vile place um, but there's proper sort of dislike for him there this whole idea that it's jobs for the boys only employs people from Tottenham only employs black people only employs his mates which you only have to look at the people he's hired to know that that isn't true and I just think I'm sort of of a mind of what what exactly do we want is, is this not what's gone on like I said there have been mistakes and the Steve Gallon thing is you know is appalling in my opinion but overall, what did we actually want from the people running our club if it's not what Les Ferdinand is doing? Now, I don't understand the grief he's getting. I don't understand the level, mm. the vitriol, or the personal nature of it. 
I mean, he should even be able to live off his reputation previously, but he's not even doing that. But he should be given... He's only been in the job a year. I just, I just don't understand it. I don't think it's a... Uh, I mean, it might be on social media, There's, a, you know, because empty vessels make more noise and all that stuff. But, I, I mean, certainly the people I know, I don't think they're in that view is in the majority it's held by the majority of people i mean you've got to remember that on social media there was a clamoring after six games to get jimmy floyd hasselbank sacked so um that the the problem is that it it, it makes people people are so impatient these days and if things don't happen yesterday then and like i say there's not been so much Ferdinand stuff now people have accepted we're not going up we're not going down I think it's all calmed down a bit, and hopefully that's going to stay. That was, but I, I totally concur with what you said. I mean, it's ridiculous. But that was that wasn't Ferdinand's doing. To be fair, that was Fernandez coming in and saying we've got to go up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That heaped a lot of pressure on it. I mean, the only thing I would say that the the way that Steve Gallon was treated, whoever was responsible should hang their head in shame. It was a disgrace, in my opinion. Steve was there for tw- nearly twenty years. He had two deaths to deal with and everything else. He had a pull in time. He had Palladini trying to absolutely rip the youth team to shreds and kind of merges with Chelsea in some kind of bizarre youth team setup way. And he, you know, the great story was told by somebody who was on this podcast was that, you know, when everything was going mental with Palladini and it was all like the Chinese brawl and everything else, the good training ground, Steve Gallon would take them one side and tell them everything positive about QPR. Mm. And the fact that he brought in Sterling and, and raised more money than any first team manager's done in the last 10 years <laughs> as well. And then you get Les saying we haven't brought players through. But what Les didn't realise is that everyone was halfway decent. We were getting sold on the cheap. The, the thing about social media is you can it's like good into QPR is like going into an angry pub and asking for a drink and then everyone arguing with you what you want to drink well, I go into uh, I go into an angry pub on Saturday and the people there are perfectly reasonable whereas social media seems like a bit of a snake but I actually follow more rugby league accounts on Twitter now than QPR accounts because well, that's just, sad I just can't be doing with it well maybe we need to just sad, take a, sad because I like rugby league or sad just no maybe, maybe we need to take a sad mode right I've got mm-hmm. well that's why they call them keyboard warriors isn't it because they it, you know but I've got three quick R's end. First one was going to thank Steve Gallon for everything he's done for QPR. Um, the club should have given him a proper send-off and done something properly decent for him, and they let him down. And it's, it is dreadful. What's it, going was, on it was dreadful. And, and the, secondly, um, it's the anniversary, unfortunately, the death of Harold Winton, who was a great man for QPR, who did a lot of good for QPR. And um, part of the old QPR that people want to come back was down to people like him who were very prepared to put their hand in the pocket and give us players to try and build dreams and fair play to Harold and he is much missed and what a lovely fella he was as well and thirdly Alan Barnes get well soon dreadful dreadful incident that he suffered on the way to Nottingham um, everyone from the LSA was genuinely shocked that he came into the ground I've never seen so many people close to tears and you know, it was a harrowing experience for everyone who was there, uh, especially Sack Sutton who was sitting near me who, who seemed visibly upset and did, couldn't really control himself during the game because you two seem well. You might mm. not notice, but yeah, Alan, get well soon. It'll, he'll, he'll be more. He won't worry about the injuries. This is a weird thing about Alan. He'll, he'll be worry m- about missing the games. I know it's ter- he hasn't <laughs> missed any games, and it, and he must be absolutely going mad. But you know, stay in there, Alan. Get well soon, and you, you'll come back, and the range will still be here for you. Okay. Um, right. Two things. First of all, I've been asked by QPR Supporters Club in New York City to give a shout out for um, they're meeting up early on Saturday morning for the Fulham match Um, if you can mention that for us on this week's pod it would be greatly appreciated we'll be at the factory at Legends on 33rd Street 7.30am kickoff Legends that sounds like a price (laughs) can I I just talk very quickly about Fulham how weird it's not sold out from both sets is that Sky kickoffs at 12.30 killing the season is it 12.30 12.30 kickoffs have just got so little going for them, haven't they? It's, it's like <laughs> yeah. a horrendous time of It's going to kill the atmosphere as well. We need to yeah. play a film at half seven because everyone can be drunk. <laughs> exactly. No. Carry on, David. Sorry. Uh, my, my, my R's end I want, has got nothing to do with QPR, oh. but it's also got everything to do with QPR. We're all sacked, lads. I wanted... <laughs> down tools, off we go. I wanted to give a little nod to Leicester City. I want oh. to give a little nod to Leicester City because they... That is what every club in a position like QPR would want to be. A seemingly well-run club, hasn't overspent, and is like they've sort of reinvented the team. You know, they've got some like incredible players. They signed, you know, you Clive talked about, Dave Mack talked about QPR should be signing players that nobody's ever heard of. That's what they did with Mares and with um, Danny Simpson. Well, yeah. yeah, and um, oh, the Japanese fella. I think he's brilliant. Okazaki, players like that. 
they are living the dream. They are what we can inspire, what we can aspire to. And I actually find them quite inspirational because it means it's not just the whole top four like it always is. You know, these media pundits have told us for years and years no one else will ever have a chance apart from the top four or five. And Leicester are showing them what what they can do. And maybe one day that'll be us. Yeah. The, the other th- the great thing about it is the uh, the old boys club on uh, on the sports pages. The head football writer at the Sun and the head football writer at the Mirror, uh, John Cross and uh, what's his name Custis, all sent tweets out when uh, Ranieri. Ranieri was appointed, saying it was a joke appointment made by foreign owners who have no idea what they're doing. So I enjoy retweeting. Wah, wah, the, the, the thing about Leicester is it, it just shows you you don't have to overspend and put your club's history and culture at risk to succeed. Just I think yeah, I think, I think that. I mean, I think anyone who's not a fan of the top four should all be a Leicester fan now. I mean, I, I was hashtag I, am, hashtag I well. am Leicester. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, but it is that there is that little you know. Does anyone well as well? Because just thinking, Christ, you know, that you, the, the, the guy we just sort of offloaded is mm. now about possibly to win the Premier League. He might have done a job and for us last yeah. season you as know, well. Leicester are a similar club to us, you know, maybe a Does little Does anyone around this table not want Leicester to win the, the Premier yeah. League? Engineer. Oh, Gabe the engineer. <laughs> oh yeah, Gabe, Gabe's an Arsenal there's, there's, fan. There's also one person who really doesn't want Leicester to win the, the Premier League, who's going to be his worst nightmare because it could be a P45. Mr Scudamore, head of the um, Premier League, is right at this moment cacking himself. Because he went on record saying he prefers it when the likes of Man United win the league because it's more global exposure. Yeah, there's a, there's a Man City fan at work saying uh, that it wouldn't be good, you know, if one of the big four doesn't win it. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to find that. Man, Man a Man City fan said that. Because yeah, yeah. Man, like, Man City yeah, okay. have always yeah, right, right, four, right. We've got to finish, Chris. Okay, yeah. Very quickly. Um, first, a shout out to Rob from Archway who met on the tube on the way to the game. He tapped me on the shoulder and I was slightly concerned and uh, bizarrely said, "Are you on the podcast? I recognise your voice." Brilliant. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is quite weird. Um, I, I don't think he knew which one I was, or they probably had a fair stab I wasn't finny um, so hello Bob um, <laughs> and the, the second one is now this you know this could go either way it's probably going to go the wrong oh, no. way oh it's, no, it's, it's, no it's, <laughs> I just saw <laughs> having a new song for I'm not going to sing don't worry uh, for a new guy Kayati you've got to fight for your right Kayati like <laughs> it do you like that like it yeah like in the bloody hell, today. Chris. Right. Have you two been cheesed and cloned <laughs> and, and redeveloped as somebody else? Because you've both made a lot of sense in that, and that was yeah. funny for him. Well, yeah. I, t- I told you you should have me on after. Did you, you have a third? No, or you could say he's dynamite on the right, Chiarty, but I think he's got a f- that, that first. You've no, got this, a fight. Just, now you're overdoing it. Yes. Stop it. Okay. Right, we oh, have to up. go, because um, we're way over time. Uh, next week we are back, but it's half-term, so we're doing a kids' special. Uh, we're going to have us and... Um, few young QPR fans in that could go either way um, we'll see how it goes we did open it up to um, anybody that had a young uh, a, a youngster that wanted to join us we actually haven't had any entries at all so if on, on Twitter people. you've got someone uh, you've got you've got son daughter niece nephew godson whatever who wants to come on uh, tweet us or Facebook us or email us with their name age favorite player and why they should come on the podcast and for we're the gonna free pick beer one of them for the free bit and we're going to pick one of them to join us next week Gabe is going to be the star of the show next week the engineer because he's going to have to pull it together and it could be uh, uh, a complete mess but let's hope not come on get them in right thank you very much for listening it's been the QPR podcast the QPR podcast is a West 12 media and verbal media production the QPR podcast is sponsored by XL Environmental a pest control company based in Northall and the southeast They provide for all your pest control needs along with bird control, hazardous waste removal and ground maintenance. And they're Rangers fans, so if you call them on 0845 11 666 11, mention our podcast for a 10% discount. QPR!